Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the life of Riley. Wow, has it been a minute or what? Or what is my question? Having a cup of coffee. It's a Thursday morning, aka Friday Junior. Feeling good. Let me take a sip of coffee. Delicious. I've been doing this thing. So I have a coffee maker that, um, because you're very interested, I have a coffee maker that it's like a Keurig, but it grinds the beans fresh. So it's like a Cuisinart and it's like a single cup coffee maker. So you have to wait for the mechanism to cool down before you can make another cup. So the time between your first cup and your second cup is kind of long. So if you have two people, like if my boyfriend, for example, wants a cup of coffee, then we have to wait a long time in between. So I've been doing this new thing now because I'm a hashtag saint where I'm doing like a half and half coffee. So I'll do half of the mug for me, half of the mug for him. We'll each have half a mug of coffee and then I'll make another one. Uh, yeah, I'm a simp. So anyways, that's what we've been doing and it's working out. So I'm having half of a cup of coffee right now, waiting for my other half later. All right. So many things have happened. Um, my sweet, dear, dear, dear friend, Hannah got married. It was a beautiful wedding. I was in her wedding. We had such a fun time. She was just the most gorgeous bride. It was amazing. And, um, it meant a lot. It was really, really a sweet time. And it was so good to see my friends again. I literally hadn't seen my friends, my Disney friends in like over a year. So it felt amazing to see them. Okay. Enough with the jibber jabber. Let's get into today's episode. I asked you guys on Instagram to ask me like problems that you were having or questions that you had, and I was going to give you life advice. So if you would like to hear some mediocre, mediocre life advice from someone who has no business giving life advice, stay tuned. You're going to like this one. You're going to like the way you look. <laughs> oh, anyways. Hey, here we go. Let's do it. First question. So these I just asked on Instagram and then people responded with like problems they were having and I was going to give life advice. Number one, I'm constantly moving from partner to partner, from partner to partner. What do I do to find stability in love? That is such a great question. Thank you for your question. For privacy reasons, I will not be disclosing anyone's name that asked any question. So what I'm hearing is like, you're dating around. So there's a difference between moving from partner to partner and just dating around, right? So there's the instability of having like multiple short-term relationships. And then there's the very common healthy, I would say, practice of just dating around, going on a few dates with one person, seeing if you like them, going on another date with another person the next week, just like playing the field. And I think that that can actually be a really great way to not be moving from partner to partner. So instead of committing right away to a person, that way, if you break up, it's not like you're full-blown, like having to end a relationship. Um, If you don't commit right away and you just hold back a little bit and you go on a few more dates and you explore a little bit and you make sure that they're a person that you want to be committed and exclusive with and to, then I would be willing to make that next step and be committed. But if, if you don't know yet, I would just say, Take it slower, go on a few more dates because the more you get to know someone, the easier it's going to be for you to determine if you want to be with them and if it's a good fit. 
So I would definitely say just taking it slower, taking it slower, taking a breath, taking a beat, making sure you're really interested in this person, making sure that you really have enough in common with them. And I think that that's a great way to find a little bit more stability and not move from partner to partner so quickly. Another thing I will say on this is um, sometimes being in a relationship is just about deciding that you're going to be with that person and then choosing to work through things. And of course, it doesn't mean that you ignore really huge, obvious red flags that can be toxic or dangerous to you or your life. However, what it does mean is when things get tough, you don't throw in the towel right away. You you the assumption is that you're going to work through it and then you kind of work backwards from there. So you never assume that a fight is going to break you up. Some of the best relationship advice I've ever heard is if the argument is not over something that is going to end the relationship, move on. Like if you're bickering or fighting about something that like isn't a big enough deal for you to break up with them, but you still want to make it a big deal, just don't. It's just not worth it. It's not worth your time. So that's my advice. Next one. I get emotionally attached to places and things. That is a hard one. That's a hard one because I don't get emotionally attached. I'm a little bit of a cold hearted bitch when it comes to like places, places, um, places kind of, I mean, I do really miss Orange County. I have like a lot of emotional attachment to Orange County, um, but things I don't have a lot of emotional attachment to. I get rid of stuff pretty easily. So this would be my best advice. My best advice would be to Marie Kondo that ish and ask yourself if the object that you're trying to keep because you have an emotional attachment brings you joy and brings you function. So if you have, for example, memorabilia, like a stuffed animal that doesn't serve an actual functional purpose in your life, but it brings you like a lot of emotional happiness, like let's say it's sitting on your bed and it like literally brings you joy whenever you walk in, keep it. Keep it, keep it, keep it. But if it's a stuffed animal, this is just an example. If it's a stuffed animal that you take off the bed, you hide when guests come over, it's kind of a dust collector. It means a lot to you because your boyfriend gave it to you, but it really doesn't match with your decor and it kind of irks you that you keep it because you feel obligated, but you don't really like it. Get rid of that because that emotional attachment is not worth having that object around in your, in your house or in your life. When it comes to places, I find a really great way for me to have an emotional attachment to a place is I love artwork of those places. So putting up a photo, like my desktop background or my phone background or printing out a photo at Costco and hanging it on your wall of one of your favorite places. My friend Madison did this too. Um, That is a great way to remember those places that you have an emotional attachment to. Or like I have pieces of jewelry with coordinates on it of like places that mean a lot to me. Um, So I still have a piece of that, but, but it's very subtle and it blends in with the rest of my life seamlessly. And it also has a functional purpose. The artwork in my home is beautiful and it brings me joy. The necklaces and the bracelets that I wear are cute and they accessorize my outfits but they also are able to really give me a lot of like emotional comfort because of those attachments to those places okay next one. Ooh, how do you learn to appreciate people while they're there 
Oh my God, this is such, I could literally do a whole episode on like gratitude and appreciation, but let's break this down. So I don't think that my boyfriend would mind. I will tell you this, this story. So, um, recently last month in April, my boyfriend went on a trip with one of his, um, really good friends from college and he was sick. He had, he had cancer And about two weeks after they got home from the trip, his friend passed away. And it was like very sad. And, you know, he took some time to go be with family and friends. And um, it was really sad. But something that I really admired about their relationship was like they really appreciated the time that they had together when they had it in the moment in Mexico City, taking photos, enjoying the food, going to nice restaurants, going to museums, whatever. They really soaked in every moment and appreciated each other's company while they were there. And I think that part of the reason that happened is because they knew that he was sick and they knew that he you know, had, had limited time left. So they were able to put that in perspective. However, I don't think that you have to be sick and have to know that you have limited time to be able to appreciate your life, or at least it shouldn't be that way, right? We shouldn't have to have that kind of tragedy and and burden on our souls to be able to appreciate where we're at. So what I would recommend is like taking it in, like look around you every single day and look at all of the people and things that you're grateful for in your life. And thank those people. Words of affirmation, you know the five love languages? Words of affirmation is one of the best ways that you can easily and quickly communicate to someone that you appreciate them. In the littlest things, make it a habit to say, thank you, I appreciate you. Thank you for that. I appreciate you doing that. Make that a habit. Because the more that you do it and the more that you exercise that muscle, the easier and more natural it's going to become. And then you're going to become one of those people that's just overflowing with gratitude. And I think another way that you can, you know, really appreciate someone while they're there is to just focus on them more. Instead of focusing on how you feel about a situation, focus on how they feel. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them what they want. Ask them what they think. And the more that you focus on someone else, the more you're going to learn about them and appreciate them for who they are in the moment. So shift that focus from yourself and your own experience onto someone else. I think that'll help a lot. Next question. How to let go, move on, and live more freely. What a great question. Okay. I feel like I could do a whole episode on this too. So... Something that really helps me when I'm having a bit of a crisis and I'm not able to live freely or let go or move on from things is I kind of do like the the five minute, five day, five month, five year rule, right? Where like I ask myself, is this going to matter in five minutes, five days, five weeks, five months, five years? And oftentimes by the time I get to the five year, by the time I get to the five month mark, it doesn't matter. And by the time I get to five years, it really doesn't matter. And so when you're making decisions or something happens, you go through a breakup or you lose a loved one or you lose a job or you have to move. If you think about like, am I going to care about this in five years? And the answer is no. Try your best to let it go as soon as possible. Because life is going to throw you enough curveballs and life is going to give you enough hardships. You don't need to make more of them in your mind. Does that make sense? Like 
you only have one life to live and you need to be responsible and you need to be careful, but you also need to do things that you enjoy and spend it with people that you enjoy and live your life to the fullest in that way. Because when you die, like so cheesy, but like on your deathbed, like you're not going to think about all the money that you made or the clothes that you wore or the cars that you drove or the house that you lived in or the dinners that you went to. You're going to remember the people and the experiences that you had and the family that you had. And that's what's going to matter. So if you're stressing about something that doesn't fall into one of those basically like everlasting ultra important categories, don't worry about it. Move on from it. Let it go and realize that Somebody always has it worse than you. Somebody always has it better than you. So the only thing that you can do is just do your best and live your life and try and put things in your in perspective to the best of your ability. That's what I like to do, kind of. Sometimes I stress about little things though, so don't totally listen to me. Okay, next question. Why do guys wait too long to make it clear that they have feelings for you? Ugh. Ain't a bitch right. Okay, so this is my best advice, okay? And it's a little ballsy, and I know not everyone's comfortable with it, but my best advice is just to, like, let your feelings be known because I know that people are like, oh, play hard to get, whatever. I got to be honest. I, I am not a person that, like, plays games, I'm not playing hard to get. If if it seems like I'm playing hard to get, it's because I don't want to be with you. FYI. So I don't play hard to get. If I like someone or I'm interested in being with them, I just like make that clear because I don't like the whole game situation. So if you feel like a guy is holding back or not making his feelings clear, my best advice or girl, guy or girl, whatever, um, or any, any kind of partner, any partner that you're with, um... If you feel like they're holding back, try being vulnerable first because it's really hard to be vulnerable and say your feelings about someone that you care about. So try being vulnerable first. Try letting them know how you feel and then see if it opens a door for reciprocity or if, you know, they let you know that they're not into you, which is also fine because honestly, there's going to be a heck of a lot more no's in this life than there are yeses. So It's really not a big deal to be rejected. It feels like a big deal in the moment, but I promise you it's not. I promise you, you want to be rejected because it means that you're clearing out and you're making way for the person that makes you the happiest and the person that is the best fit for you. So that's my advice. Like, I don't know why guys wait a long time. I think that guys have, um, I think that a lot of people, everyone can have a little bit of pride, a little bit of worry, a little bit of ego. And so the sooner that you break down that wall and you show your own vulnerabilities, um, maybe the sooner they'll be willing to do the same. So that is my advice. This next question is about setting boundaries with your mom. I was going to make a your mom joke, but I didn't. Um, This is a really tough one. So... This is a really hard thing, especially as if you listen to this and you're in like the, you know, 18 to 24 age group ish where you're like an adult, but you're still young and you still need your mom, but you want to be independent. Setting boundaries is really hard because your parents give you so much and you never want to be disrespectful or dismissive of everything that they've done for you, right? 
But you also need to understand that the majority of your life is gonna be you making decisions on your own. So you need to do things that make you happy because you have to live your life, right? Your parents can't live your life for you. Your mom can't live your life for you. And also don't forget, your mom used to be your age. Your mom used to be going through the same thing. So if anyone's gonna understand it, it's her. So as far as setting boundaries, I would do I would do my best to do it in a way that is the most casual and the least disruptive. This is what I mean by that. Practically speaking, I would avoid literally sitting the person down and being like, hey, these are the boundaries that I'm setting and laying them out like that. I would avoid doing that if you can. And the reason I would avoid doing that is because it'll come across, I think, as a little bit like almost um, aggressive, kind of combative. Hello? Hello? Did, oh, you ready? You made breakfast? Okay, listen, guys. I got to take a breakfast break. Um, we'll put a pin in this and we'll come back to setting boundaries with your mom. See you in a little. Okay, we're back from the breakfast break. <clears throat> so setting boundaries with your mom. So I would recommend doing it, like I said, in a casual way. So if you could like casually, oh, you know, maybe like see them or call them or whatever a few times a week, but you know, not like every single day calling and asking them for help. Also just like doing things on your own, being a little bit independent, I think really helps because also your parents want you to be independent. Like it is their goal that you are successful and happy and functioning all on your own. So I would say just doing that and being really casual about it until of course you get to a point where that's not working then yeah you might need to be a little bit more um uh obvious about what you're doing but I would say until it gets to that point you know just staying casual and staying positive and staying light and staying grateful and appreciative for everything that they do do for you is probably the best way to go does that make sense Okay, last question. I have a client who doesn't respect my time. I don't know how to break up with them. Okay, so this is basically asking, like, if you work with somebody or you provide a service and you have a client or somebody that's not respecting you and not respecting your time, how do you, like, set those boundaries and break up with them, basically? Well, I have thoughts on this. I think you just, you for sure got to pull the plug on that one because... You can be paid for your time and your work and your talent and also be respected by somebody and feel appreciated. And it's not worth your time or your emotional labor to service someone who's not being respectful of you or your time. So what I would do is I would say to them, I would send them a text message and just say, hey, may I call you really quick? I was hoping to discuss, you know, my future servicing of you. And then when you call the person, just say, you know something, I feel, you don't even have to make it about them. You know what I mean? You can make it about you. You can just be like, I'm very busy. I have a lot of clients. I am overbooked. And unfortunately, I will not be able to, you know, provide this service for you going forward. But here's a list of like two other people that you can call. And just do it like that. It doesn't have to be about them. 
but it's still taking care of yourself. I'm all about like taking care of yourself, but not like at the expense of hurting someone else's feelings if you can avoid it. And so in this case, I think you could avoid it. And I think you could just say that you're busy and you don't have time for them, but I definitely would not recommend continuing to service them because it's just not worth it and it's just going to drain you. And, you know, if people that are not family that you just work with that are not respectful of your time or your talent or your treasures, it's really not worth it to continue to work for them or work with them. I promise it's not worth it. Okay. That's my advice for all of you wonderful people. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy uh, enjoy June. It's June, so enjoy June. And um, just have a great rest of your day and rest of your week. Stay happy, stay healthy, drink water, pet a dog or a cat, whatever you like. I hate cats, but whatever. Um, well, I don't hate them. I'm just allergic to them. So uh, yeah. Do things that make you happy. And I'll see you next time on The Life of Riley.